Cover's pie is filling. It's gonna make me feel bad. We're gonna turn up this dude who's like in amazing physical shape, can perform like what seemed like impossible feats. And we're just like, I just had pie. I just had pasta. Ugh. I had pie pasta. It's where you, you take warm pasta and you mix it with pie and you just stir it around in a bowl. It, it doesn't it, taste good, but it's all I deserve. Yeah, it's just it's what you get, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just have that after-dinner feel of just like, oh, too much fucking food. And it's been like that for, like, a while, too, like, because I finished dinner, like, almost, like, an hour ago, and it's just like, you just walk around the house doing that. <gasps> I'm not going upstairs tonight. But isn't, like, your bed upstairs? No, no, it's not. <laughs> not tonight, it's not. <laughs> no, 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 tonight, no. it's the couch down here. Yeah, it's just like you, you give up, and it's just that. You, you get those, like, deep breaths going, so I'm like, uh. It's, it's like that old commercial where, um, God, what the fuck was it? Like, they, they carried it on for a while, but, like, I think it started in, like, the 70s or the 80s, where it's just like. Are you out of breath after you eat? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's and there's like, some guy like, yeah, I think I am. <laughs> In a fucking rascal scooter. <laughs> You're like, well, well, maybe, well, maybe you should eat so fucking much. You're like, oh, fuck that. No, no, no. Here, listen to the doctors. You can still eat just as much as you fucking want without the side effects. Oh, I gotta hear what this is. Because I just love shoving my face full of all kinds of things in front of me and not doing a damn to work it off. Just eat these supplements and stop this, you know, electric, like, what are those electric pad things or whatever. What's your electric pads? Like there the, are those the, things the that are, like, electric, there are those things they'd, they'd stick on you, they'd supposed to, like, shock you and electrocute you and, oh. like, work your muscles, you know? Oh, oh, like the things, like, Bruce Lee had? That's what I always think of when I think of those things. I'm like, yeah. Bruce Lee had them in that, <laughs> that's that one scene in Dragon. But he was also probably just trying them out. Like, let's see what this is new science. Let's see what this is all about. Yeah, it's just like where someone's like, hmm, I wonder what this is like to put these on my balls. <laughs> you know what? That had to make that many more people want to try that out. Like, you know, Bruce Lee tried it out in a dragon. <laughs> Dude, literally, I kid you not. Like, I kind of wanted to try it out and I saw that. I'm like, that looks awesome. Bruce Lee's using it's got to be good. I mean, I didn't really know a whole lot about it, but I was like, oh, that's a bunch of horse shit. Then I was watching that movie, like, hmm, all right. Yeah, it's just like, oh, that's, yeah, yeah. I, I guess, the less, you know, stimulate. He, he must have researched it well, developed it, and so on. But, yeah, speaking of kung fu, and uh, hello and welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And uh, today we go back to Thailand, you know. Well, like anyone should, because it's a great place for movies. I've never gone back because I've never fucking been there, but why do? Never been there, but um, America's favorite vacation destination now, other than Hawaii. Is it really? Well, apparently for a while, I mean, at least over here in the Bay Area, I would see people like, oh my god, we just got back from Thailand, it was so great, because apparently, I guess it's super cheap, but it was, I, 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 I don't know. I at least want to learn a little bit of language before I go there, just enough to get by, because I don't want to be the guy, you, speak Merkin to me. Well, I think it is another one of those places, though, like, I mean, if you're in Bangkok, you probably, obviously people speak fucking, like, English there when they changed their name to fucking George in 2003, but, um, <laughs> so that's where, like, that well, is. Well, I was just... But, like, I, I, you know what it probably is? Probably, like, San Francisco's like, you know, I went to this really great Thai restaurant the other day, and I thought, you know what? I've never been to Thailand before. I didn't even know where it was till yesterday. So I took an Uber Deluxe right to the airport. 
Decided yeah. to take a month-long vacation. Just and, pulled out oh my, my god, know, I'm a new person. My I MasterCard got this new black. bicep tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> that my dad gave me. What a nice fella. I love my dad, though I never visit him. He's like, I got this tattoo writ, like, written in tie on my bicep. The guy told me it means brother. And he does the Google Translate. just says asshole. Or <laughs> insert dick here or something like that. <laughs> exactly. He's like, and he was a really nice guy. I think he had humor, or at least everybody around was laughing, so I laughed too. <laughs> I am enlightened. <laughs> well, it's like, well, the way I learned about Thailand is from Tony Jaa. Tony Jaa and Sagat are the two people that have taught me everything I know about Thailand. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know a whole lot about it either, but uh, I would like to visit it one day. And uh, this movie was probably one of the, other than Sagat from Street Fighter, it was probably one of my first, uh, I guess... I don't know, seeing a movie set in Thailand and kind of, like, getting an idea of more of, like... I mean, I can't say, oh, well, I know what it's like, but, I mean, getting an idea of, like, okay, being able to sing... Because, you know, when you're a kid and you don't really know a whole lot about different cultures, like, okay, I can see, distinguish this from, like, other, you know... This is coming out really bad. <laughs> this is coming well, it's out funny, really it's kind of, like... Because Ong Bak's, like, that movie, like, it's... Like, Tony Jaa's movies, this is what I... This is kind of, like, the premise of, like, Thailand to me. Is there's these really, really nice villages off in God knows where, but, you know, off in the distance, where everybody's nice and happy and life is tranquil, but it's simple. You know, they don't got luxuries or anything like that. And then you go to Bangkok and all hell breaks loose. You know what I mean? There's street fights and drug dealing and people getting murdered everywhere. So it's like this weird thing, and mostly it's always some jackass from, like, you know, Bangkok or one of the cities there has stolen something from the poor, tranquil people of the village, and now those people have to send Tony Jaa to get it back. Whether it's a stone head or, like, an elephant, yeah. which one sounds way easier than the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, but that's, like, the, the premise of, like, Ongbak is that pretty much it's just, like... Fucking Dan shows up and tries to buy uh, whatever the dad. Well, first, was. first, let's go into like how we came across on back in the first place. Well, that's so we'll, true because, because this, this is, is a bonding the, experience. It's one of the ways that how the podcast started to some extent. It, it really is. This is like I remember. This is how like Ryan just like could like meet and greet a bunch of people all at the same time. So what ended up happening is people who've been listening for a while probably uh, if if you remember. We, uh, Spencer and I met in a multimedia class back in high school, and we kind of initially bonded over Street Fighter, the comic, and then you show, I show you the Street Fighter comic, you showed me the Street Fighter anime, and then I'm like, oh, show, I'll show you this, I'll show you that. Not too far right after that, I'll show you, dude, I just got this awesome movie from Thailand called Ong Bak. It's one of the coolest martial arts movies I've ever seen. Like, alright, so I showed it, and then everybody in class eventually saw it. Like, That's did, cool. did, we, did we watch that in class? Kinda. So what happened is... And this well, I mean, is like I know totally... we watched it on the computer, but did we literally watch it, like, on that projector in class, though? Kinda. So what happened <laughs> was, I, um... There was a, there was a school project... There's a, there's a project for the class where... It started off as multimedia, but the class was, like... We were, like... It was, like, the alpha test for the, for the class, trying to figure out what this thing would be. Like, I think the teacher had noble ambitions, but he was just so, like... <sighs> these kids are unruly, there's too much going on, fuck it. And he was a good guy, and he was a great teacher, but at the same time, he was just like, whatever, yeah, sure, film class, okay. I'll just, I just gotta make sure they don't kill each other. So, and... And the I poor guy, that's how I always feel bad, is like, like, this class like, This class was the rough class he had, and he worked special ed. 
And this was the difficult class, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. He's, he's, this... He was like the guy who taught like the standing to deliver kids also. Like he taught the special ed kids as well <laughs> as the kids he just throw like in like, you know, a um, mobile unit off like the edge of campus, you know, like teach them over there where they can, you know, sh- smoke crack, shoot each other, do whatever. Yeah, they were like the kid, like the, the, like the no class. kids left behind kind of class, where it's just like, okay, you kids are fuck up, so uh, we're putting you in your own special class here. You all got to share a desk, share textbooks. <laughs> well, you don't want to fail now, do you? If you fail, you fail at everything in life, and you'll be down at that welfare line. I know it. I just fucking know it. Looking like he's just looking at you, I'm like, oh, that one definitely is. Yeah, the kid in the same clown posse shirt. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, but, um, <laughs> so there was an assignment where it was, a, it was just an editing assignment. It was like, take audio from something and take footage of something else and just overlay it in some way. And then my thing was like, okay, well, and you know, this is like totally pro like 2003, 2004 type shit. Someone like that, like uh, what a high school kid would make. I'm like, I'm just going to make a kind of like a fan music video of a bunch of different action movies I like and play Velvet Revolvers Set Me Free over it. <laughs> so, you know, you know where was, you are when you explain this, too. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Take, take and you it back was to like, time. It was like, I could remember the movies that were on there. It was like Matrix, Matrix 3, uh, Kill Bill, Samurai Champloo, Little Bit of Cowboy Bebop, uh, Enter the Dragon, and then I threw a little bit of Ung back on there too. So, and I actually, I actually did measure out the song. Like, okay, this guitar solo comes in right here. That's a good part to cut to Uma Thurman slashing through these guys. That's a good part to cut to Tony Jaw doing a kick while he's on fire. So, I show that thing, and you know, it's edited, whatever. But people are like, dude, what was that movie where the guy was on fire and kicking people and <laughs> jumping up and kneeing him in the side of the head? Like, that's fucking Ung back. Like, and then I later brought that into school, and then we were all, like, crowded around a computer during class time <laughs> watching this thing. <laughs> that's right. Okay, that's, that's how it kind of went. Because I remember, yeah, it was like, there's a process. So you, you're pretty much bringing, like, the Thailand culture to fucking to California. County. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, that's where it was. It was like a very, like, that movie just, like, kind of, like, literally turned heads. Like, because I think everybody saw, you know, everybody knew what Kill Bill was. You know, anybody in multimedia knew what fucking Cowboy Bebop was you know, Matrix and so on. But the second that that one came in, I was like, what the fuck is that martial arts movie? <laughs> yeah, so that was one of those things where people started like, you know, like, dude, like, you know, every, like even people who weren't even into martial arts movies were wanting to watch that. So, and I remember actually of all places, I, I saw like ads for it, like on G4, mm-hmm. back when it was still, you know, when that was still around. And then I was just like, man, that movie's not coming here. But then, Sure enough, I think it showed up at Blockbuster or something, and I bought it right, th- right there. So, well, that that was that good time period. It was kind of like pretty much post when Jet Li had all his real famous movies. It's like, okay, well, who's the next guy we can kind of bring out? So they started releasing all kinds of like good copied like martial arts films, you know. And you had like the I think that's also when like the Dragon Dynasty, like Tarantino one, sort of started up. They might came a little bit later than Ong back, but like. You had, like, the Miramax bringing out all kinds of martial arts films and so on, and it was kind of like that good golden age, or another golden age of, like, martial arts films being re-released, you know. And then, sadly, as I always say, it's like, after Man of the Iron Fist, that was, like, literally, like, the last, like, big martial arts film to be released in theaters, and then, or American theaters, that is. And then since then, it's like, it's been reduced to, like, straight to DVD. Not saying that there's not a bunch of good ones, but they just 
sadly don't come out in theaters anymore. Now, this movie, obviously, I think you had to see it like special theaters, but like The Protector, though, though I didn't show it at our theater, I remember. I mean, I had trailers for it, but, or if it did, it showed real slim. But I remember you could still see that, though, in most major theaters. Protector? Yeah, that one. Um, didn't come to ours still, but yeah. I remember they showed trailers, trailers for it. Pissed they showed me trailers. Off. They do a lot of cock teasing for it. You probably could have saw it if we drove to Modesto for it. Um, now, I'll say this. Uh, did you actually know, when they are trying to bring this over to America, that Steven Seagal tried to get his production studio to like to like to uh, bring it over to America, but then go back and reshoot certain things where he is the master and he's teaching Tony Jaa? Yeah, I saw that and I just laughed so hard. I was like, because here's the thing. Like, I, I, I love a good Steven Seagal movie, don't get me wrong. But like, just the idea that you're going to grab this new kid off the block, in a sense, the way he's probably looking at it, and then say like, hey, I taught you all you need to know about fucking Muay Thai. Do you do Muay Thai, Steven Seagal? Well, no, but I do martial arts. Then shut the fuck Dude. up and sit back, Steven. You're old. Well, it's also one of those things like, Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let's have your character showing me how to do a push-up. <laughs> yeah, because this is like, you know... This oh, is... we can't do that? All right, well, let's have your character showing me how to do a pull-up. Oh, fuck, you can't do that either. Okay, we'll make it easy. Uh, run and jump over this... Uh, just do, show me some parkour. Oh, fuck, you can't do that either? Oh, man. God, this is going to be hard to shoot. Well, it's just that sad thing where Steven Seagal had, like, those 80s movies where, like, he's doing all kinds of cool stuff. And then, like, I I guess he just assumed that was just going to stick with him if life is, if you don't practice it, that's okay. And then as time kind of went on, he just kind of became just a little bit more chubbier actor, just kind of being like, uh, Steven, uh, look at Jean-Claude Van Damme or Stallone or Arnold. They're all still in good shape. Just saying. I'm not going to give him shit for getting fat. I get it, you know, but it's one of those things where it's like, you can't. Come on, come on. You, you you could always be, like, his role in, like, Machete was fine. Because he, like, took a few swings and he was more like a drug dealer kind of kind of character. And that mm-hmm. was fine. I, I don't, I can't believe that he, you know, he's going to show Tony Jaa how it's done. <laughs> well, yeah, just this picture of, like, just this, this one, like, kind of Italian guy fucking living in, like, this rural village in Thailand, like, it, 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 I almost want to see it just be... Can I just get that cut just just for the hell of it? You know what I mean? I do want to see it. I, I am kind of curious. It's kind of like how they have that special cut of Godzilla where the white dude is suddenly the main character. Like, oh, I'm the one white guy here in this old black and white Japanese movie. I know, yeah. If you if you watch like the American version of the original Godzilla and they got... God, I can't remember what the guy's name is, but they... That's, that's pretty much what the Steven Seagal thing would have been like. It's just like, let's just add this one guy into it just so... Uh, we could we could sell it to well, I guess so you could sell it to Steven Seagal fans. I don't know who else you're selling it to. <laughs> Steven Seagal is literally like that kind of guy. Like once again, like oh, I, yeah. I, lo- I love a good classic Steven Seagal movie, but he is like you know any movie he comes out nowadays, that's only for like the most hardcore Steven Seagal fan. Well, I'm just thinking about Steven Seagal in the aspect of of like you know just like because there was that period where he was really kind of being a diva and kind of fool himself on a lot of sets and whatnot, and uh, like that like probably like late '90s. And I'm just even like pitching it, like, what if they're not trying to steal a Buddha head back? What if they're trying to steal a statue of me? <laughs> we we appreciate the thought, Stephen, but you know, like, are you trying to steal my head? And right in your darkest moment, when you don't know if you can, like, you know, muster the strength to do it, you see like a vision of me, and I'm like. Remember, I taught you how to do a push-up, and then you get up, and you, like, you know, do one of those, like, I don't know what you call it, but the thing where you jump up and, like, elbow him in the side of the neck or whatever. Yeah. 
I taught you that, and I'll be. I think that's a good like full circle thing. You know, like themes. You know, like how movies have themes. They they say some beginning. They come. Yeah, they come back around. If they follow through, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, here's the thing. Look, this statue almost looks like me. Just ch- cut the head off and put my head on the head of Buddha. <laughs> I'm all Zen and shit. I I got I got deep and philosophical. <laughs> and just give him that like Italian ponytail and set. Oh man, I actually the more I'm saying, it, the more I kind of want to see this. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I kind of want to see that version. Like you know what I mean? Because I also they had the thing too. Because you know, like Eurocorp or whatever, or Eurocorp. Um, what's his face? His fucking um, movie studio. Uh, Luke Besson's the one who brought the brought it over to the West to Europe and you know America and everything like that. But it sounds like that he took it and kind of like just cut a couple things out. Like apparently there's some other like side story with like the the main chick's like sister or something. And then um, I think it, it said like something like also like it might have cut like one of the fights down just a little bit, which you guys kind of like, why would you just leave it as is? Like, you know what? I, I, I want to believe me, if I'm already sitting down watching a Thailand movie, you, you could believe that I probably care about those extra 10 minutes. <laughs> well, I'm wondering this. We won't jump too far ahead and we will go in chronological order here in a minute. And this movie is very straightforward. I mean, it's more of just. It's a very straightforward movie, and it shows how good... I mean, good. it's kind of like one of those things. It's kind of like... I mean, this um, production value is definitely better. But, like, it's kind of like Return of the Dragon, where very simple, very straightforward story, but you just happen to have a prodigy as the main character. Yeah, that's kind of true. Because that's what's... The kind of interesting thing about this movie is you watch this one, and I'll say this. It has that feeling, like, if you're a kid kind of watching it, like, shit, we could make a kung fu movie. As long as we had one friend who was as good as Tony Jaa at martial arts. Like, you know, you probably couldn't do, like, the the, the three-wheeled taxi, nothing like that. You couldn't probably do some of the other stuff in the movie. But at the same time, like, you know, because there's some stuff where you could tell the production was a little bigger. But it was, a, it, this does look like a small-budget movie, but still by no means looks bad or cheap out of that. It's like, it, you kind of had what it had, and it made, like way more than what you'd expect it to be. And this is still probably one of my favorite martial arts movies, or just one of my favorite action movies in general. No, I, I kind of agree, too, because just even rewatching, because it's actually been a little bit of a time since I've seen it. Like, I probably haven't seen it in, like, four, five years or something like that. And it is one of those ones, just rewatching again, you just kind of go, damn, this movie is so good. It's just one of those ones, like, whole way through, it's just some of the best action you've ever seen. And it's like, well, it's like, it's got that, I guess, kind of the simple story. You know, I mean, we could really just say it's like, he's get he's getting the Buddha head back. That That's all, that's all you need to know. Just be like, Tony Jaa, he needs a Buddha head back and he's going to fight anybody in his way, you know, no matter what. Now, one of something kind of, I'm, I was thinking about while watching it this time. It didn't occur to me any other time I was watching it, but it popped in my head here. Now, he's going back to get a Buddha head in this movie. I'm assuming there's some kind of like themes about Buddha running through. I was thinking, if this was an American movie, if this was, like, set in America, and you just changed it from Buddha to Christianity, this goes by the same rules of a Christian movie, like a Christian martial arts movie. If you just, if, like, somebody, like, they stole our crops, and we need it, we need those for the, for the, when the rain season comes, we gotta pray to Jesus. 
and then like, oh well, some no good, no no gooder, no do gooder from like Los Angeles went and took it. So <laughs> we have to go on a trip to Los Angeles and just a good old fashioned country boy, you know, who's just really good at fisticuffs or some shit. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those, like like he's like out in the bar and fucking like throwing fucking punches and stuff. Yeah, and then you know, like it's one of those things where I don't know the, the there's a thing in the beginning where they're all running up a tree to get this flag. Maybe they're they're doing like a, a hail bale like a hay bale race or some shit. Like I don't know. Like there is like this is really kind of like a pro faith movie. But since it's like Buddha Buddhism, you're like that's cool. Where I think it'd be like if it was like a Christian thing, I'm thinking like I don't know. This almost seems like it, go, it kind of goes by the same rules. But see, I so badass. See that, see that movie. Should, it should take place in Texas, and it's just some small town in Texas or whatnot. It's like somebody cut the head off a Jesus statue, and we got to go to Austin to get it back. <laughs> the one blue, the one sinful blue spot in this entire state. And like it's when they sp- go there, it's just like a chorus. Like the, skull you know, and the, villainy. The, the crops are dying without our jesus like you know statue head we gotta go there and it's just this guy like full tilt like cowboy guy but for some reason he's got like extreme martial arts skills too because i think just something like that like he's doing like fucking bat flips over like a cow and you know lasso and so on and swinging out of the barn (laughs) the guy the guy uh the guy who stole it's just like some douchey fucking trust fund hipster who's like an atheist he's like i just moved i just moved to texas i just thought it'd be fun I think it's i think it's actually too hot that's why every that's why i have air conditioning no matter where i go i just have a personal air conditioner that's pushed on like a wheel cart that my dad got for me yeah i mean and you know i hired a latino because i'm not racist but i just didn't want to pay as much either yeah so everyone wins right yeah you know yeah, i don't i don't need this giant cross statue but i uh you takes it takes a hit off his vape pen in the hole in his neck but like, <laughs> just yeah just like one of those well he just takes a fucking hit off his vape pin off of like his belly button or something like what the fuck did he just do it's like yeah i'm i'm, I'm setting a new trend you'll see you just you, it, you, you, you don't you don't get it because you're you don't get it because of you know you're from the country and you're not as progressive or forward thinking as myself <laughs> you know he's like you know if austin here had a beach which i'm trying to get going you know i think it would make a much better place and he is in a wheelchair. He can walk, but somebody's just wheeling him in a wheelchair. He's like, ta-ta. He's like, I, I don't want to wear all my legs because I might need them when I'm 98. Yeah, it's good to think ahead. <laughs> good to have those kind of options. But, um, but yeah, so it's like in this one, yeah, they start off and they got the... They have to do this, like, there's this giant tree, and everybody has, like, the run up it and climb as fast as possible, and everybody's throwing each other down, and it's just, like, almost kind of, like, brutal and so on and people are getting knocked off and falling and hitting branches and bouncing off and uh at the very tip top they got like a like the buddha like sash or whatnot and of course tony jaw is the one who grabs it but you don't really know who that is at first especially if this is the first this is the first movie you watch this is kind of how you learn about tony jaw as well too yeah and he goes up there grabs it and everyone's like this dude wins again he's just that bad of a motherfucker you know and then you see it's celebration and you see there's the whole village is in unity everything's awesome and then they cut to some and dude. Fucking who's just Dan like, shows up. Fucking Dan Hibiki. <laughs> just, just fucking shit up. And he's just telling them. I don't even know. If it's even as like, his, is that even like his relative or something like that? I mean, I know they're all kind of related there. I don't think there's like thirty <laughs> people in this village. <laughs> I don't think I was his relative. I think he was just there. Like he was looking to buy the statue. He says like, "Oh come on, man, just give me the statue." He's just like, "I said you can come look at it, but I didn't say I was going to sell it. Like I had to take a day off work to get out here. Oh come on, man. Well if you." 
if you think about selling it, just, you know, give me a call. Like, I don't got a phone. Like, oh, <laughs> just getting all, like, pissed off and flustered and bounces. And then later, um, you know, Tony Jaw's out there practicing Muay Thai. And you find out the village elder, who I guess Steven Seagal is like, I know that's probably, like, a friend of yours and he means a lot to you, but, uh, eating means a lot to me. So, if we can just edit him out of there and put me in. You know, I, do the I, I know you, I know you don't just, want CG in this movie, but you could almost even just CG my head onto his head. You've you seen the way, like, you know, South Park does it with, like, Saddam Hussein? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind cheap animation. I think it's funny, actually. <laughs> yeah, so, basically... <laughs> he does... So, basically, he's out there, and he's just like, now promise me you will never learn... You never, like, kick someone in the side of the head with your elbow or, like, your knee. Like, why'd you teach me uh, Muay Thai? <laughs> to balance and train you! Like, yeah, but, I mean... I devoted my entire life to Muay Thai, and you just don't tell me, like, okay, now never use it. Yeah, it's like giving a kid, like, the keys to Fer- to a Ferrari. But like, oh, no, no, not yet. Or ever, for that matter. <laughs> You know, it's just like one of those ones. <laughs> I always think it's kind of funny because that always, always the. Cl- I mean, that's the classic martial arts thing. We're going to teach you everything about these deadly martial arts skills, things that will kill people in one hit. But don't you dare ever use them. So it's like, why is he? Why is he? Why does he not want me to like punch people? Because he accidentally kicked some. He accidentally like elbowed someone so hard in the neck one time they died. Like, oh damn. Yeah, that's why he cares. That's why he's worried. It's like, don't worry, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. And that guy gets beaten the fuck out of. And Dan and his men come in and steal the head of the Buddha statue and the Ong, the, the Ong back. And he's like, well, they stole the head. There's this old lady. He's like, they stole the head of the Ong back, those bastards. <laughs> what will we do? And then all these peasants are like, well, we got to get one guy to go out there. It's might as well be the guy who like, all right, now I know he said, <laughs> don't punch and kick people, but motherfucker stole our fucking statue. I, I know that, like, when we said that when you won by getting the sash down from the tree, you got this two-week vacation down to Australia. Well, guess what? Uh, now you're getting a two-week vacation to Bangkok. Ooh. <laughs> it's just be like, and uh, could you get the, the statue head back? Just, you know, because if you don't get it back, or literally, look at look outside. It's a fucking desert out there now. Where are the kids yeah, going to drink? Dirty, muddy water out of the well? Come on, Tony. Live yeah. A- <laughs> it, it just like it is one of those, like it just like, it just suddenly just goes to the desert just literally overnight. Like, oh fuck, that was fast. <laughs> That's almost like how it sort of feels because literally, like it's just one of those ones. Like all of a sudden, it's just got like that cracked look. Like it's so dry. Like we haven't seen water in years. Well, there's also like just you know lizards running by at the bottom of what was a river, and I'm wondering is, is that a vision of what's to come? Or is it like, dude, he's only been gone two days. He's already doing this. This is like Buddha's pissed. Get his fucking head back. I don't like, know why Buddha's taking us this out on us, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's pissed that we we obviously couldn't with all our Muay Thai training, we couldn't fucking protect this one statue. So, well, because Tony wasn't there, I don't know. Tony was there not punching people, so. Then he goes to Mo- then he goes to uh, Bangkok. He was in line to his fucking trip on Australia, and he got a phone call. <laughs> they they say they don't have a phone there, but there's one phone reserved for this. <laughs> it's like the red phone they have. <laughs> Never use it unless trying to stop somebody from taking their their, their sash winning trip to Australia. It still is one of those, even though it's like a red phone. It's one of those old fashioned rotary phones. 
Zach. It's got like the two handles on it too, or like the speaker. <laughs> the, the part where you, you put know. to your ear, the part where you talk in the microphone. Yeah, just separate <laughs> from each other. And uh, so, well, Tony volunteers, and so he gets set off on like little trolley or whatnot to be taken to town, and you know everybody hands over their like two bucks. Yeah. You know, this is what we got. And one lady's like, here, she's like, here's my ring of like my dead like aunt or something like that. So it's like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> is, that, is, is this, this going to be a burrito like, when I get to town? I'll be hungry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it's worth, but uh, I'll, I'll figure out something for it. You know, and then everybody's just like hand him stuff. They're like, okay, put it in your little knapsack and take it off, Tony. You bring that head back or don't you dare ever return. Fucking mean it. Because we'll be all dead. We'll be all fucking dead because of you, Tony. We'll make sure that people know that for all of time. We'll get a black right out here and says here it was Tony's problem that now we're all dead. <laughs> just a statue of you and just says his fault. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> 2003. <laughs> so, um, so then he ends up going over to... Uh, to Bangkok, and we open up, and we're introduced to Humle, or George, George, as he goes by. And then there's... Which is a weird name to choose in, like, 2003, as he's like, huh, you know who's popular? Or maybe it's like a punk rock thing in Thailand. You know what? The American president's named George. I'm gonna be George. I didn't even think about that. I was thinking it was just more of like, oh, like, just it's a... You know, he's go, like going as far against his, his uh, roots as he can. Because he went there... He changed his name. He's from the same village as Tony Jaw, but he just doesn't have this. Um, they, they knew each other when they were younger, but it's been so long since they've seen him. And he's this guy who came from like you know humble beginnings, but now he's just another guy just trying to make a quick buck in the city. And he's doing the funny thing. I'm not sure if you were if you ever seen the dubbed version, but uh, the dubbed version. You know who's voicing him? Gene Starwin from Outlaw Star voices uh, Humley or George in the uh, dub version, which I was interesting. I'm sure if you look long enough, other people in there have done anime. Like some of the voices sound kind of familiar, but he's the one that really stood out to me. Here's a good question: Do you think we watched the dub version or the subtitle version we watched on the computer at school? Um, I think the I don't remember. I don't remember. I, I think, mean, I, uh, I don't remember at all. This is more like a wild guess. I feel. I think we probably watched dubbed just because when I was younger, I would be more like, it wasn't like I was against watching subtitles, but I wanted I to, to focus more on what was going on on the screen. But now I'm like, it doesn't bother me either. It doesn't bother me at all. As long I could even watch dubbed as long as it's not too horrifically bad. Sometimes it actually adds to it in like a funny way. Mm-hmm. Well, it's almost that kind of thing too. Like mostly as like a kid, you'd be like, school already makes me read enough as is. Why, why would entertainment make me read? Yeah, that was definitely when I was younger. But at the same time, I think at that age in high school, I could totally watch a subtitle movie no problem. It was more of just like I wanted to be able to put all my focus on what was on the screen. But still, like a subtitle movie is still not. It's nothing that hard. It's, it's nothing hard at all, really, as long as you you know. But it's one of those things. Um, people get really technical. I I, I probably I prefer like non dubbed as two dubs. You know, I prefer like you know well, subtitles. Mostly of me, if, especially if it's a live action movie, I definitely like. I would rather have it be, you know, um, just the original language subtitles. Like that's that's the way I kind of want it. But I've almost kind of come to the conclusion because you know there's just like a handful of movies that like it's just they're hard to get. 
And those versions, like, you know what? I'll take them in a dub version. That's okay, whatever. As long as you get to see, at the end of the day, as long as you get to see the movie. But, you know, sometimes the only downfall is, like, if a, if a dub's too bad, then it turns it, like, into a comedy when you might have a nice, serious movie that, you know, almost needs to be taken that way. Yeah, exactly. And I remember the dub on this one being too bad, but it was, you know... The, there's some voice actors like, oh man, that person's trying a little too hard. It's not like they had like the Rat Pack voicing every freaking like kung fu movie back in the seventies. Yeah, exactly. But um, um, so he meets his cousin here, who who's the guy who also has told Dan that he can't take the fucking statue home, and um, this is that guy's son, and. They pretty much just like at first it's like how like oh we're not fucking related like they they're like a motorcycle race or something like that. Does no, Tony so show up for he the no he doesn't show up at the motorcycle race. So what ends up happening? That, that is just kind of happens. It's like literally the, it's like it's Fast and the Furious time period. So of course you got to have some type of like race. And there's some girl there who's just kind of like a smart ass and she's tough. She beats him in this race or whatever, and that he ends up walking away with some money and. To, and, like, this one Asian bro is just like, oh, what the fuck, bro? This is bullshit. Uh, you know, just always always wearing glasses, always look pissed off. And then you see him and giving I, his... I, I love because he's got, like, a Serpico t-shirt on, I think, at that point. Maybe it's that later on. It's got I want to say it's some... Oh, go ahead. He's got, like, the Al Pacino shirt on. I just I just love how there's just the the guy wearing the Serpico shirt, though. Because it's not just, we like... We just got this in last week. This is the first we just saw this movie, like, last week. Well, it's just, like, such a random Al Pacino shirt to have. I mean, not saying that that movie's not, like, you know, like, it's one of those ones, like, if you're into Al Pacino, you know what Serpico is. But I feel like if you're not into Al Pacino, you have no idea what that movie is. Like, we could get a Tony Montana shirt, because those were really huge back then. Like, but we think we'll be kind of just falling into the crowd. Let's let's stand out. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, I love how that guy's just wearing that. Like, I, I want that Serpico one, just a big old head of, like, Al Pacino with a beard and full hair, you know what I mean? Like, hippie cop in it. Uh, so that we see that, you know, he basically made a back alley deal and he's just basically intentionally like throwing races or whatever. And this girl is his partner. And unfortunately, I don't remember her name, but I'll be honest. It's, I think it's, um, um, Moy uh, Lake, Moy Lake, Moy Lake, Moy Lake. Yeah. And I, I'm going to be, a am I'm, 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 I'm I want to give credit where credit's due, but I'm going to butcher all these names of all these actors. Like, I'm not even sure if she even tried, but she does a good job, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes it's just easier to just, you know, just go, okay, it's not Steven Seagal. The so. one girl in the movie, yeah. Yeah. The, the, one, the one girl. The, in the yeah, movie. literally the one chick that's pretty much not like the, the the waitress who's getting, like, pretty much raped by, like, the guy. Well, not really getting raped, but, like, she's just getting, like, dry home by one of the fighters and nobody seems to care. Or the girl that ODs, which I'm wondering if that was her sister. That's what I was wondering, too, because once I read that, because there's that part, because, like, where George is, like, he makes it out like he knows who that is in the scene, and you're like, who is that? Like, I don't know who that is. Do you you know who that is? Like, shit. Like, fucking fucking Luke Besson just decided we didn't need that fucking extra scene in there, but he left that one in there. Yeah, so it was just one of those that felt a little off, odd right there. But, um, so, going forward, we end up, uh, seeing, uh, going forward, he basically just goes up to this, to, uh, to, uh, Tony Jaw goes up to, uh, George, and says, hey man, it's from a village, remember me? Like, who's this country redneck hick? Like, oh man, just like, get the fuck out of here, I'm trying to do business. That's like at the end of the, that's like the end of the race, and later he confronts him again when he's making money with the girl, and he's like, I'll kick your ass, like, hey man, look, 
we're cousins. You, you, your dad writes to you. He's worried about you. This and that. Da, 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 da. Like, oh, I don't give a shit. And then all of a sudden he sees he has a little bit of money. He's like, all right, you can come into my place. And then as soon as he gets in there, he's like, ah, oh, you look, I'm sorry about earlier. I was stressed. Why don't you go take a shower and whatever. And yeah, Don't uh, jerk off all thing. over the bathroom. Yeah, he says that. Like, don't jerk off all over the bathroom. And then he overhears on the phone. Like, hey, man, I just came across some money. Uh, I'll meet you over at the uh, fight club or whatever. And he's like, what? He just realized he took his money. So he's he cheeses him down. So it starts off, like, I'll say this. The movie does a good job of Tony Jaw being kind of naive. But he's not stupid. Because I think a lot of the times they make the guy who's so naive and so nice. They make him, like, just borderline like dude are you like what the fuck's wrong with you how did you not put this together yet and for some reason that happens in a lot of action like a lot of kung fu movies like the guy's really good at kung fu but bad at everything else yeah and they, they get that across in tony jaws in this one that he's not dumb though it's like he fell for that once and through the rest of the movie he's gonna have trouble believing george yeah it's like it's almost like those ones like I'll, you know i'll trust you once but you know i don't make the same mistake twice yeah and then what's up happening is he goes to this club and there's this big fight going on, and that's where he introduced the bad guy, this guy with, with like a hole in his neck, and he's just like, he's just one of those dumbass cr- like crime boss villains. And the thing is, he's stupid as fuck, and he's not likable, but he's not meant to be. I think he's meant to be somebody who, he's not that deep of a character, nor is he meant to be a likable or fun character. You're really just meant to sit there and hate him. Yeah, exactly. And that's the nice how I think, you know, like a good villain should be kind of written. It's just like, you know what? It's just shitty people, you know, and that's who he is. You know what I mean? He smoked too much, has a hole in his lung. He talks with like one of those like, you know, talks like that, like fucking Ned in South Park. <laughs> and, for some reason, know, for a line that Ned said, it's nothing really all that funny. Just voices like, like, I'm scared. For some reason, that's always stood out to me. It's like when they got the staring eye bullfrog or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm scared. I don't know why. I just when he says that, just always made me laugh as a kid. Yeah. Poor dad. But, uh, but, yeah, so he's up there just betting with this, like, happy-go-lucky guy on the fights and so on like that. The, the, the Bangkok's nicest crime lord, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's like the, the happiest guy and the most angriest two guys are up there at like their like VIP suite, which is just like one story above, betting on stuff. And as Tony Jaa shows up, it's just almost like he's just looking for his cousin. Like he's like almost like oblivious. Like hey, you know, there's a there's a fight going on. There's all kinds of people cheering and so on. He just like probably walked in there, probably didn't even buy a ticket in. Just like came on and just he's looking like he's like, dude, cousin, where's my money at? And he's like, oh, it's over, the, it's over there, you know, at the ticket booth. And like it is like almost like I spent it all. But Tony's just like, whatever, I gotta go get it back. Just walks halfway across, like, the fighting arena. And they're like, oh, a challenger! And then, like, because this guy's been doing good the whole time. And his name is, like, Pearl Harbor. And he's this guy who... He's just like this... He, what do he looks kind of like? He looks kind of like... God, I'm trying to blink on his name. But he's the guy who is in... Um, he's the Punisher. He's the new yeah. Punisher. He, he does look like that guy a lot. Uh, what's his name? Fuck. Um, drawing a blank on his name he's in fury yeah he's in um wolf of wall street he's in he's in all kinds of stuff well that guy he looks a lot like him and he's we just saw this big fight going on and then he's just like cutting across like whatever and that guy's like ah he's like in like tony's just trying to walk past them and the guy just runs at him and then tony just flat out does that thing where he 
kind of does like sort of the score. I don't know what to call it. Other than like a scorpion kick. Like he leans in and basically knees the guy in the throat with his leg, and his one other foot just totally stays on the ground. And the guy just goes down. The music stops. People <laughs> stop. Like, what the fuck? And he just walks by. Like, all right, we got money. Like, no, I just want the villagers' money. And they just give him this little like, you know. Knapsack. Like Zelda style <laughs> sack of like rupees or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I need my villagers rupees back. Oh, believe me, they were, they were out like picking up rocks and chopping grass all day long for that. He gets it, just holds it up. Down, 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 down. Like, all right, I'm leaving. And his cousin's like, dude, you just turned out. Like there was probably five times as amount of money that like they gave you for winning. He's like, fuck it, I don't care. It's not the villagers money. That's somebody else. That's somebody else's villagers money. And then later he's walking through. He's like, okay, we're going to find this thing. And he keeps on, like, George, the next day, George is like, look, we gotta, we got to work together. we got to figure this out. He's like, all right, just take me over and we will find Ungback's head. Because I need to get that so we can grow crops again and all that shit. He's just like, oh, yeah, well, fuck your town. Fuck the village. They, they don't give a shit, you know, this and that. We kind of learned that, like, George, I guess, sent a... Uh, letter to his father saying like oh yeah i'm sorry i never became an ordained minister for buddhism and uh yeah sorry i can't send you any money because you know we're a small ass village we're poor as fuck what do you expect yeah because that was the whole thing is the father was looking forward to george becoming a you know a buddhist monk and i guess streams just aren't gonna happen yeah and then from there i want to like George has to go to his job, and he's a dealer at a uh, an underground casino type deal. And he's hand he's the girl shows up, um, Moylek. She shows Moylek or uh, Moylek or Moylek. Oh yeah, Moylek shows up, and she starts winning a bunch of hands right in a row. And the the his boss is getting all like, "What the fuck? This is bullshit. This is fucking bullshit." Like, no, no, no. Let me check her. Let me check her. And cards do fall out, but he catches them, hides them. Like, all right, get the fuck out of here. They're splitting the money again, and then... Which I, I have to say... That guy get, I really have to say, though, like, that was, like, the most terrible way to do, like, that card thing. Like, she won 15 times in a row. Who's not gonna get suspicious of that? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you, you, you could have spread it out, like, where, like, she wins a couple hands, loses a couple hands. Wins some more, loses some more. and But she's progressively winning all night. Mm-hmm. So it is one of those things where... Uh, you know, she's young. She's eager. I guess. Well, yeah. I think it's just... Maybe she won't try to get well, next time. Well, I think it's time. just that thing. It's just... Uh, maybe it's just supposed to show that they're not that great a con artist. <laughs> no. Probably that, too. And then they get out of there, and then later they're splitting the money, and they're talking to Tony again. And out of that, the guy that was running the races, as well as the guy who was doing the gambling, all show up, and they get wise to their schemes. And that's how you get this really cool, cool on-foot, like, parkour scene. Yeah, it's a really awesome, like, battle and whatnot. They're kind of trying to escape and so on. Well, at first, it's like Tony takes on, like, five guys and just, like, takes them on out. But then next thing you know, there's, like, 20 guys coming after them all. And they're just like, oh, crap, let's just run out of here. And this, like, movie really utilizes, like, I mean, like, this isn't a lot of martial arts movies. But, like, mostly they always kind of, like, savor these ones. Where this one uses it a lot. Where, like, they have, like, the, you see an action scene. It's like, let's see that again from another angle. And maybe we'll see it from a third angle. Because it uses it, like, a lot, but it's never, like, a bad thing. You know what I mean? No, it's always something that is impressive when they do it. It's not, like, one of those things, like, one random punch. Like, Steven Seagal be like, let's do me doing that push-up again. That was really hard to pull off. Where this, it's like, 
it is like it's usually him jumping up and doing like a really difficult kick or him jumping over something in a really cool way so it's an under you get why they use it when they use it even though they do do it a lot mm-hmm. and they have this chase even this you know parkour chasing apparently as they walk by in the graffiti i didn't notice this but apparently somewhere in there it's just like spielberg let's work together is written on the graffiti in the background somewhere yeah i know and there's another one's like i think it's at the bike chase or the taxi chase scene and it's like it says something about like luke besson as well too and then there's also uh i thought what was um what totally seemed like a scene out of like a spielberg movie during that is because the whole time while tony jaw is looking cool george is just like flumping around and even though he's just a total fuck up something about it once he starts to like trip over his own balls throughout this chase scene it endears you a little bit more to him for some reason and i you know because tony jaw he's like always jumping over something at some point there's like this rack of knives he jumps over and then george does the same thing but barely gets by rips his pants like oh it's not my day and just keeps on running then later he comes across like this lady who has a stand and she's like you know has a knife and he pull, grabs the knife, pulls around, the guys stop, and then they all just walk forward. He grabs a bigger knife, they all stop. And then you just hear this lady, Knives for sale! This old lady just walking with this big bucket of knives, Knives for sale! Then this abrupt cut of just all them chasing him <laughs> with knives. Like, that seems like something out of a Spielberg movie right there. Yeah, that definitely does kind of have that. And well, the other thing, too, is this movie does have, like, those kind of, like, comedic... It has, like, that nice kind of comedic moments in it, but nothing that takes you out of the seriousness of the movie at the same time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. So eventually they get out of there, and I want to say Tony kicks a few people, and somehow they end up back at the Fight Club. I want to say they're he's essentially there to I, I think to go there for questions and answering, but he kind of there's some he's going there for questions. I think as they answers, say, he gets people. talked into like that Dan will be there. Oh yeah, he goes. Oh yeah, he's talked. He's told Dan will be there. And out of that, George signs him up for a fight. Like, I'm not fighting, motherfuckers. Like, you make so much money real quick. If you just fight, we can figure this out. And that's where he's more or less forced in the ring. And he's trying to get out of there. And then somebody, like, he's trying to leave. But someone puts a gun to him. And then I, I think someone in multimedia actually wanted to show that whole scene to the class. Because there's a guy who's fighting, like, Bruce Lee. He has an afro. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do remember somebody being like, yeah, it's like they almost just kind of ripped your idea off you like... Uh, you know, Ryan already showed this. You, you're just do, pretty much doing what Ryan's doing now, which is of a different seed. Just because you didn't have a DVD with you. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one, you know, it was whatever. I was just glad the word of Ong Pak was getting out. Yeah, so, like, Tony just gets signed up for these, like, fights right then and there. And I, I love this love because I think about, like, this. You ever think there's that flashback to be like, Tony, you must never use the Muay Thai, you know, in fighting. You do not want to hurt anybody. It's like, well, that law was real broken the second you got to Bangkok. Oh, yeah. I mean, as soon as you stepped into Bangkok, like, people start getting elbowed in the neck. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, what happens in Bangkok, martial arts-wise, nobody takes help, you know what I mean? It stays there. Yeah, exactly. Don't follow you out. But, and, um, um, yeah, he fights this Afro guy. He has an awesome fight with the Bruce Lee guy. You know, and then um, who's the second guy after that he fights? Um, second guy, well, first, actually, no, first, before he does that, there's, oh, like, yeah. this guy who, who looks like uh, Zach Wilde's roadie, 
who's just all like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. I am British and I have long hair and I can fuck anybody who's got Muay Thai because Thailand could suck my British balls. You know, it's like, well, it's one's like, and British boxing like, is the only. He like starts groping like a waitress and all that type of shit. He's like, what are you guys going to do? British man in Asia. I'm unstoppable. The colonist is what they call me. <laughs> you know, it's just a bit. He just has like that kind of like big kind of galook kind of like fighting style. I don't know how else to say it, but that's like the, you know what I mean? Like he's just like somewhat wrestling, but not, I don't know, kind of like that. Just like, he just kind of like. The big guy. Like, you, you'd see a lot, a lot of times in 80s action movies. Like, well, what's that guy's martial like? Well, he's a big guy. He picks people up and slams them on the ground. Oh, And then, okay. there, then what's, what's funny to me... What's funny to me is then he goes up... I think the guy's name was Bear or something like that. And people go up and, like, there's the one guy who's like, Hey, man, knock it off. I'll show you... <laughs> and then, like, you know that guy totally went in there being like... Man, if I if I at least it doesn't matter if I get my ass kicked. If I stick up for this girl, I'm so getting laid tonight. Was well, that too? He's like, you know what? He's like, uh, I'll show people what Thailand's all about. This is my chance. <laughs> oh, I'll keep Here the boy tight. Oh, the fucking! And then the British guy's like, oh, I'm gonna fucking kill him. What do you think about that, Tony? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna fight me? Or are you gonna let me kill this little bitch in front of you? That whole part, yeah, that was, uh, that part was, that part was fun, and just seeing him just beat, because he, he Look, beats, Tony, he I'm a, raping had, this guy now, what are you gonna do about that, huh? Well, what's one thing when it's a girl, when it's a man, you can't let uh, that happen. <laughs> just, just raping this poor guy on the battlefield, and like the, you know, like George is all like, Tony, you, you, you can't let him do that, you can't let him just rape another Thailand man, like, right on, like, you know, the Kumite floor. Well, there's even the part where, like, as he's doing that, George is coming with the voice of reason. Like, you can't let a tie go down, Tang. Like, that, that's, like, Tony's real name. He's like, Tang, you can't let this happen. <laughs> that's why I brought you here today. Because I had a feeling a very large British man with dreadlocks was going to do, was going to rape another, was going to rape a tie man. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just felt it. I just woke up in the morning and like, oh, I know what's happening today. <laughs> One of those days, you, once, you, once you let the British in, they're hard to get out. <laughs> Believe me, haven't you ever seen those Once Upon a Time in China movies? Shit, that's like the whole battle they have in that film, and that's like, you know, in the 1800s. Look at it, we're at 2003 now. So after he has this really cool fight with that guy, and that one doesn't last that long, but it's a cool fight. Then he has a really cool fight with the Bruce Lee guy, and then he And then because I mean, my favorite look, martial arts style I've ever seen. Well, this is just by every account, just, I can't, it's like, this movie's awesome, I love this movie, and I'll forever love this movie, and even the action scene, even like, you know, because it has some of the coolest action scenes, this next one, it's not really all that cool of an action scene, it's more just really fucking funny, because this guy who looks like a French hip-hop artist, maybe he is, I don't know, maybe he's like a friend of Tony Jaa, comes in... And he has this whole thing of like, he says, oh no, it's Mad Dog! Because we just saw him t- fight like two other guys that were just fucking badasses. And then what's this dude do? He goes to shake Tony Jaw's hand, and then he slaps him in the side of the head with a bottle. I'm like, okay. And then Tony kicks him back. 
he goes against like a wall, grabs a chair. Like, All right, that was next to him. Swings the chair. Then he's just like grabs the table. Like, oh wow, okay, he's throwing more stuff. And then he grabs a picture off the wall. I'm like, it's just the. Then you realize everything this dude is doing. His whole fighting style revolves around throwing something or hitting him with something. Well, it's so weird because he starts going like he starts grabbing just like cups of water off the table and like tea sets and throwing it, and it's just like. So his ability, it's like, okay, it's, you know, in Final Fantasy, how you get those characters once in a while in the olden games and they have that throw ability. I'm like, shit, that's his whole martial arts is like, he's got the throw ability. That's it. And it's just so weird because they treat that character like, oh, dude, Mad Dog's showing up. Like everybody's like, oh, Mad Dog's here. Oh, shit, Mad Dog. We haven't seen him in years. You know, he's going to fucking lay the can of whoop ass on him or something like that. And it's just like, I think it's the fact that like he gets there, he's just running around the whole place, like, literally tearing this place up. Maybe that's why everybody's, like, fucking, like, like, can you believe this guy's martial arts He just literally destroyed the whole fucking bar. He destroyed the restaurant. He started throwing fucking picture frames off the wall. He throws, like, two kicks. A whole new... Po- <laughs> well, he, he, like, he throws a, two kicks, and he throws a punch. None of them land. He needs, a thro- he needs to actually throw something at him. And it's one of those things where it's just, like, I'm like, oh man, our our insurance company had to create a whole new policy just to cover this guy. Yeah, it's just like it's it's just so it's so weird because it's like I think the oddest part about it is that the scene's taken so serious, and I'm not too sure. Is like, is that scene supposed to be serious or is that funny? Is that funny to like an American or is it like overly like whoa 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 in Thailand? You know, the throwing's a very respected martial art. <laughs> I could see it being one of those things where they thought people would like, I think they just want to give this guy his own thing and not, not saying like Tony's like being prima donna about it, but I could see it being one of those things like we don't want him being outshined. And I don't think the, because all the guys who's fine before weren't really likable in any way. I mean, they were strong. The first guy was strong, but he was a little rapey. Second guy was strong and a good fighter, but we saw he was kind of cowardly because after after he won after Tony won the guy tried to sucker punch him and kick him from behind. So I think this guy it's meant to be I don't know this he seems like the first guy he should have fought not like the second guy or not, not like not like the last guy. I know, and, and I think the whole thing is is maybe it is supposed to be kind of like a joke because it's almost like such a build up and just the fact that like this is the guy he has to fight last is the guy with the fucking weird martial art throwing thing. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's just what it is. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe it is just supposed to be funny all the way around. But since, maybe because they play it so straight, it kind of throws you off. Because, like, when you're watching a foreign movie, sometimes there is that kind of, like, you know, it's like, is this supposed to be funny or is this supposed to be taken seriously? I'm just not too sure sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, you get some jokes and so on like that, but maybe maybe the throwing is that. But I think that's what it's kind of supposed to be is that you get to that point and it's just like, no, you think that you're going to be fighting like the most toughest badass guy ever, and then it's just like he's got the goofiest fucking martial art almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see something kind of like that. So, and then you know they, uh, for some reason I don't know why, can't Mister Cancer Throat has has seen Tony Jaw beat the fuck out of like everybody this dude puts up puts him up to, and just for once you think you know what I'm gonna vet, bet. On the guy who's just kneeing people in the throat while the other foot stays firmly planted on the ground. I'm going to bet on that guy just once. Just once. And he's all like, yeah, cause he- no, I, I stand by my, I stand by what I said. Like, are, are you, you see what's happening? You, you, you beat the teacup guy. The guy chucking teacups. He just beat the fuck out of that guy. 
Yeah, Mr. Teacup. Yeah, Mad Dog. Yeah. He beat the guy made out of just muscle and rape, right? So uh, I think you should be getting a little bit more, like, aware of who you're dealing with by this point. I know, because that's really, like, how it is. This guy, like, he just doesn't want to fucking lose. That's almost like the story of this movie is this guy. It's like, he could just bet on Tony Jaa and everything would work out fine. But God forbid he has to do that. He's got to keep on. He's got to keep that bet going, and just keep finding cheating ways to try to get it to go against Tony. But the fight with Mad Dog leads into this dude's suite, and that's where they see Dan. And I want to say I'm not sure if that leads to the uh, motorcycle chase, if that right there, or if that happens a little bit later. But I think it does lead to the motorcycle chase, actually. Or, or um, either way, ends up happening. The, the motorcycle chase way, comes pretty it, soon right afterwards, at least. Let's just say that. Yeah, it comes right afterwards. And then during that chase, like, it's it's kind of funny because the motorcycle chase, it is kind of cool, but it's also, like, you see all these guys in these little, like, you know, go-kart, three-wheel three, uh, motorcycle cabs. And at some point, you know, it, it, it kind of goes, like, does this Mario Kart thing? Yeah. <laughs> Where they kind of all like start to like, where they all kind of like crash into each other, and like an like you know a uh, tank of propane gets loose. And there's just massive explosion off this one that just kind of rams into him last, and one's flipping up in the air. I think they even have the um, Hofstrader scream. Maybe they do because yeah, there is that one just flipping. It's just like they they, they have almost like that. Um blues brothers thing where like when one like guy crashes like there's like eight other guys just, you don't really need any more crashing but it just keeps happening yeah yeah actually you know what that that happens later because what ends up happening is they end up finding out where dan is after all that that's where um i want to say they saw him there and then um they i want to say they saw him there and then george's like look i know where dan is we'll find a way to get him and that's where it's kind of weird. This girl comes out of nowhere. This really pretty Thai girl comes out of nowhere, and she has like a bunch of heroin or something tucked into her bra. And then they go in there, they break in there. They, it's like before they actually get in there, though. I should mention the, he, the guy's making out with the girl, and we get across that Dan's kind of like we already know he's kind of weaselly, kind of shitty, but he just has this whole thing where he's just all like, "Oh come on, you don't want to party?" He's like, uh, "I don't want to deal anymore. Why don't you want to do anymore? I want to kick it. I want to get clean." Like, "Oh, you want to get clean? You stupid bitch." Whatever. And then he like takes the heroin, rubs it in her face. So she's like, you know, just laying there kind of like ODing. And that part was just kind of like, you know, that's where they Tony and George bust in. They start chasing Dan and his bodyguards follow and that's later. After all that, um that's, well, see, that's what we're thinking that like that the, the lost character might be is that character right there because when George Caesar he has this thing like he totally knows who that is. Yeah, he like calls her name. Yeah, and that was one of those things. Was like, what the fuck, you know? So, um, and I felt bad for that girl. I felt really bad for that girl because she was just you know just of all the people to get killed by and all the ways to go. Yeah, you fucking know? fucking Dan. You just so you just want to see him die so badly throughout. Oh, I know this movie. he's just he's just such a jackass and so on, and just like Weasley and rapey and you know stealing fucking Buddha heads and shit. And then what's up happening is they have the uh, there is at the end of the of the uh, Mario Kart race. <laughs> That's just totally what it is. It's just missing like fucking Tony Jaw throwing a red shell as he's driving by. 
Oh no, he has the blue one with spikes. And then you, of course, would have to have George like run over a banana because he just feels like he would do something like that. He'd be a fuck up. He'd yeah, be, yeah, he would find a way to fuck it up because that's kind of who George is. He, for being someone who always fucks up, he always finds a way to like get a step ahead somehow, but just kind of luck out of it. <laughs> yeah, he's just he, he literally has like the dumb luck kind of like skill set. Like he's that kind of guy who like. He, he, you know, he studied martial arts for like a couple of years, but just like one day, just kind of gave up on it, you know. While like Tony continued his next like twenty years of training. Well, the other thing is they got Dan's address because he literally gave it to the guy he stole the fucking Buddha head from. It's like, really? Okay, all right, cool, all right. Well, this is like once, once, like you gave out your address and then like you changed your mind, like what, like ten minutes later, like fuck it, I'm taking the Buddha head myself. I'd take a day off work for this. I mean, granted, my work is, you know, like, drug dealing and rape, but whatever. <laughs> and, yeah. um, but then once they, when the when the crash is over, because the, the cart goes, crashes into, the, into, like, the river or whatever, and they see, like, there's all these other Buddha statues and Buddha heads all collected down there in nets. And then we just cut to the news, like, yeah, for some reason, someone's collecting statues. I don't know why. Seems kind of fucking weird. Anyway, more at 11. And then they cut to, like, Dan getting beat the fuck out of, of like, the, uh, of Mr. Throat Cancer. Mm-hmm. And out of that, he's like, why'd you even see that Buddha head? That Buddha head was a piece of shit. Of all the ones you could have stole. You stole the one where he got this, this, like, fucking hick from the country coming after us? Yeah, fucking coming around, fucking Muay Thai and everybody. He's like... Yeah, just almost like pissed at fucking Dan for bringing that one in. He's like, but bring me every Buddha head you see. I want the Buddha's head. Though I'm not religious. No, I just no, want No, I'm not it. religious. I, I want it's every like, Buddha head there is. I was like, I, I am not religious. I just want to fuck with country people. Because when <laughs> I see a country person pissed off and afraid that their farm is going to die, it makes me laugh inside. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. This is how I sound when I laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Join with me. Ha ha ha. Stop. Only I should ha, laugh. Ha 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 ha. He's like the Mandar clap. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. The, what, what happens next after that part here? This is, like, this is where you're like chasing part, action they, scenes. I want to say from there, that's where they have a conversation like, look, we'll give you the Buddha head, but you got to come in a fight and you got to lose. Who are you going to lose to? The guy who's always standing next to me looking pissed off. Yeah. And then it's like, and it's like, I, they mentioned that, like, does Tony Jaa know he's supposed to lose? Because for some reason, I just don't remember that part being I mentioned to him. I remember, like, George sort of knew about it, but maybe not. Like, it's just that kind of thing. Because it sort of, like, feels like it comes to Tony Jaa's character. Like, it kind of comes up. Because the other guy, of course, ejects himself with some type of, like, pretty much pain reducer that so he won't feel anything the second goes down there in that fight. So that every single hit that Tony does, like, does, like, it feels like it's doing no damage to him. Though I bet you the day after for the other guy is fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that that guy was... I think Tony did. It was just one of those things that was set off screen because... <laughs> fucking Luke Best As they have their final battle... <laughs> you can blame Luke Best Possibly. for every cut. He's like, I just want to make the movie kind of confusing. Oh, I want you to get to some scenes. I don't know he's talking like that. He's fucking French. But just get to some scenes where it's like, you know what? Are we supposed to know more here? What? What's going on? It's like, it's like giving the TBS cut of it. Yeah, it's one of those things where maybe he's like, look, I wanted. I thought it was a little too straightforward, a little too easy to follow. <laughs> I wanted to keep the audience on their feet. <laughs> 
<laughs> Shit, I even threw it in Steven Seagal scene just, just for the fuck of it. <laughs> Using that South Park style animation. <laughs> oh. No, so um, they end up, uh, he ends up going in, and this dude just does overkill. Like, after he beats down Tony Jaw and the fight's over, he's still punching him and kicking him. Like, all right, well, yeah, he lost, and he lost bad. And Oh, we, we should mention they also, at some point, grabbed the girl. He's like, all right, you lost and lost bad, but at least we can get the Buddha head back. And they're going to see him. She's like, you thought you could have the Buddha head, but no, because you will fear me like God, and you will do what I say. Ha, 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 ha. You know, now the now we are taking the. I don't even need this Buddha head, but I want it. Why? Because I'm a dickhead. Nah, hey. wheel me off. Ha ha ha! Out the out the door. And then here is another thing of just once again Dan being so fucking stupid, but it's so fucking funny how they're there and after you know, like Mister Throat Cancer leaves. That's where Dan's like, all right, kill him, but make it quiet. He walks out of the room. The dude has his foot on the back of Tony Jaw's... Well, he has it on his back. He's putting on a silencer. And then Tony Jaw knocks it out. And he starts struggling. Starts punching guys. And Dan's outside. And he says... Hey, asshole. Keep it down. I said do it quietly. It's like... You've seen who you've been chasing this whole fucking time, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who do you think this guy is now? You know, what I mean? you think the guy with the silencer is the guy suddenly just like punching someone around? <laughs> yeah. Well, once there's a fucking ruckus going on, I'm pretty sure you gotta fear the Tony. Hey, guys, I said knock it off. The, You're being too loud. The cops might come. I know we're out. I know we're out in the middle of a country, but still. If you turn around, you could see, you know, that there, there's a Seven Eleven over there, and they're not the nicest. They wouldn't let me. They wouldn't let me put premium in my motorcycle. Guys, you're being too. Oh shit! Tony's coming out of there and he's pissed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just like fucking he's, like. And he's like at some point, like on fire, literally on fire, punching somebody. Yeah, well, it's just like I love it. He's just like that flip, and it's just like his feet just like land and pretty much some gasoline. You're like, oh, I know that's coming back around for something cool. <laughs> Your feet don't just randomly land in gasoline. Let's just say that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. He's like on fire, then, kicking people, and he like he takes everybody down. George like Pokemon tackles one guy out a window, and then that's about as far as he gets. That's 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 you know that's uh baby steps for him. Yeah, he he puts like a college try into everything, and you know gets like one shot at it. He's you know what he really is kind of like the Krillin. <laughs> he's so like, it, Krillin was a little bit more of a dick. Yeah, he's got kind of like a Krillin hair. He's, he's like he's got a little bit of hair. He's got a little bit of hair that he bleached blonde. Mm-hmm. But it almost kind of blends into his head depending on like how the lighting looks. And then they find out where he's at. And they're at some kind of, I guess some kind of dig site or wherever. Where there's a massive Buddha head there. And Tony comes in like, yo, I want that Buddha head. And then he's like, oh, all right, well, guess what? Uh, you you got to fight all, like, these guys first. All right, done. He just starts knocking out all these guys. No problem. This really badass action scene. The only part that makes me cringe, and not like in a, oh, that's bad, but oh, fuck, God, that, I just, the, the thought of that just makes me, uh, like, when the one guy comes at him with, like, this big, long saw blade, and he kind of blocks it with his wrist, and you oh, see yeah. cutting into his wrist and kind of blood running down, that's the one part of the movie. I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, that's- like, I can't handle all the bone snapping. Yeah, well, that's just a cool scene in itself because, like, 
One, like, when have you ever seen in any other movie, like, a guy fighting with an old-fashioned, like, double-handed two-person saw? You know what I mean? Like, that that right there was just like, dude, that's such a fucking cool idea. Yeah, and the scene goes on a little while longer. He just takes a bunch of these fuckers out, and George is still there, kind of fumbling around, pushing people, and doing what he can, but yeah, he, ultimately... He, he mostly, he's there always sometimes at, like, kind of the right moment to somewhat save Tony. Mm-hmm. And then what ends up happening is he ends up getting a second shot at the guy he had to throw the fight through. And then the guy says to him, like, maybe it is one of those things he didn't know. Like, he says, like, careful, last time he threw the fight. And maybe, like, Tony's like, uh, <laughs> Which also like, was yeah, like, yeah, I totally By the way, <laughs> you know how, like, you know how when you came home and you were so excited about how good you did the fight? Yeah. Yeah, that fight was thrown, so, uh... I, don't let that be a confidence, like, you know, kind of decrease there. Just go on with it. I, I know I probably shouldn't have brought that up, but I thought I should have brought it up all at the same time. So, uh. FYI. Because that's kind of that thing where it's like you sit some guy out like, oh, yeah, by the way, that last fight that you thought you did so good at. You, you, you didn't, he was pulling his punches. Yeah, you, you didn't really win it. You, you still, it was your make-a-wish day. You still hit like a bitch, just saying. <laughs> I mean, you have to inject yourself with 45 of those things. And I know you say you don't like needles, and we see it, like, tense up and a little bit of a tear build up every time you do that. But still, we know how badly you want it, even though you really want it that badly. You're not going to get it. Yeah, exactly. So they have this... Because you're not Tony. So this is fine. This is where, like, Tony, like, fucking tears this guy up. You know what I mean? Just at first. And then, um, as it kind of goes, I can't remember how it goes, like, but he somehow loses, and then, like, next thing you know, Tony gets distracted, and he's like, oh, I cannot lose, and then just takes, like, six of those needles and just, like, jams it into his chest and just, like, starts freaking out. He, like, hulks out on him. And I want to say the big finishing thing is they both run into each other, like, midair, and do a jump kick, and Tony's kick lands, they both just drop to the ground. And out of that, I want to say Tony's all, like, oh, dazed, and that's where... He comes across the Buddha head, and that's where the cancer throw guy dives out of his wheelchair with, like, a hammer, starts hitting Tony, and then, like, George pushes Tony out of the way, and he takes most of the hits, and then... Well, because the cancer guy's like... Because the cancer guy's like, I will destroy what you love most with my hammer of justice. And then it's like... And then poor George fucking jumps in the way. It's like, oh, George is going to knock the... The, the you know the Buddha head out of the way. It's like, oh no, George just kind of grabs Buddha head and just takes the blows from a hammer from an old man. Yeah, which you think it would have just been more like a... That's how hard he's hitting, really. But I think it would have been like that from this old dude. But still, you know, what I, I get it. It, it. And you don't question it till it's movie's over. Like, how hard can that guy really fucking hit? He's yeah. wheeling around in the old wheelchair all day. I doubt he does any, like... I doubt he does any, like, deadlifts in that fucking thing. He's still smoking, though he had throat cancer. You know what I mean? Like, he's that guy. Yeah. So he's probably like, oh, oh. You know what I mean? Like... Well, those ones, like, they can't be that strong at hits. But, um, is that kind of happened? Whatever, his hits are strong enough to make the giant Buddha head start to fall off after they were, like, sawing it down. And that head... It's like, Buddha's vengeance is upon you! It just comes crashing down on him. Yeah, George, like, somewhat rolls out of the way, and this thing comes crashing down. Buddha head smashes fucking cancer, you know, throat cancer. And then, um, all of a sudden, like, um... You know, they're down at the bottom, and fucking George is, like, underneath the rubble and so on, and just sort of alive. But, of course, the Buddha head's okay, so that's what matters. 
It's a matter of long back yeah. is not destroyed. And then even like the chick comes running in from God knows where. I don't know. She, she, she clearly didn't show up to the last second, but uh, she shows up. Let's, like, let's just let's assume it's there. And Luke, let's blame Luke Besson. Yeah, there's probably some other scene of her sister and so on that probably makes more sense. But um, you know, like they show up and it's just like you know she's so sad that George is fucking dying there and so on. And apparently, heard that there's also a deleted scene that they had because they weren't too sure what they're gonna do. They want we like, want George to survive, or do we want him to die? Committee says they want him to die. Yeah, I think it's when he became good right as he was dying. I think it's a little bit more fitting that way. Well, yeah, because uh, he does have kind of a good, like, arc. Because he just starts off as, like, the shittiest kid ever. And then as, like, time goes on, it's like, oh, he does become kind of worthy of, like, wanting to take care of, like, his village and so on. Mm-hmm. So I feel it's kind of, like, fitting. And it's like the- a sacrifice. Like, I feel like it could probably work both ways. But I feel like, uh, I get it. Yeah, and then it just kind of ends with them, like, cuts away, and we see the girl had nowhere to go, and then she's living in Tony Jaw's village, and she's like, oh, okay, I'm living the simple life, not going to school like I said I was going to earlier. And then I know I promised George there, I would on his, like, deathbed, literally, and next thing you know, I'm fucking carrying, like, you know, platter of food for a festival, you know, of 30 people, <laughs> which they say that's No, the- I just realized something. I don't need, I don't need work just fun just i just gotta do i gotta pull some crops once in a while and just hope that buddha head don't get stolen again yeah because if once the buddha head goes then the crops go and then all hell breaks loose and then for some reason like is that tony like riding the elephant up there at the end does he have his head shaved and bleached like fucking george's i think one of them might be i don't remember i don't know i just remember looking at them like like is that fucking tony i mean like it makes sense i guess because he wants to honor him somehow but like it looks fucking weird too yeah, I think that's Tony at the end. Yeah, and um, maybe he just wants to go. Ton- maybe he just wants to go wander the earth, or then he's like, you know, I'm going to go to Australia and I'm going to bring in this elephant with me. Yeah, because I realized that's where those fucking dirty people took my elephant to. <laughs> Sequel note. Now we should mention, uh, as good as this one is, there's Ungback two and three. In Ungback two, I'm not sure if there's anything. It's they're way different. They take place like in ancient days. And they're like, two, it, it, it's weird pacing, but there's some amazing action scenes in it. Just some amazing action scenes. There's like a hint of fantasy to it. And maybe it's meant to be like Ting's like, ain't like great, 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 great grandfather or some shit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's like this old, but then like you get to like the third one. And I, I never finished the third one. I never finished it. Maybe because I was just like, I don't know. I, I have no problem seeing it eventually, but it just wasn't on back one. Well, that's all I can remember is like both two and three I've only seen once. And I really don't remember the third one, but I kind of remember the second one still. And it's like, I remember yeah, the second one did have some cool fight scenes, but it was just one of those ones. Like, I think just also like when you totally like change it, like to like, Oh, well you had this movie where it's like a street fighting, like pretty much blood sport type movie. And then all of a sudden it's like, now we're in like ancient days. And it's not saying that's not cool, but like, that's just so like, Oh, well, that wasn't really what I was expecting and so on. And I, I don't know what it is. Like, and I will say, there's something about like every Tony Jaw sequel that I've ever seen, I don't know what it is. Like, they've never been near they haven't been like close to as good as like the first ones he did. Like that was the same with the Elephant Protector, like the second one of it was just kinda like 
okay. And it just like it had like the most goofiest like chase scene I remember in the middle, where it was just like the slowest chase scene ever, and it went on for the longest time. And like I was like, what the fuck is going on? Or maybe that was Man of the Iron Fist too. I can't remember. Shit, one of those movies did. But whatever, I watched them around the same time because they came out then. But um, yeah, it was just it's that it's that weird kind of thing where it's just like, huh. But you know, like yeah. Back One is just like a legendary movie. Yeah, and I mean, I'd be up for watching Ong Back 3 again at some point, but I remember just watching, like, I couldn't really get into it. I was watching it, and I was like, I'll come back to it later, and this never did, but Ong Back 2, I remember being so amped for it. We watched it, just like, Ong Back 2, it's here! Like, oh, it's set in ancient times, whatever, and then we watch it, okay. and just something about it was, I don't know, just something about it was just, it, it was more just weird pacing, because the movie totally made, it totally ends on a cliffhanger like see you in a year kids yeah and i was like what okay mm-hmm. and year means like three or four years till long back three came out or whatever did it take that long oh yeah 2008 2011 yeah jesus christ yeah, yeah like that... it was it was like a way long time i mean you know especially probably even in america you know god knows how much longer that even might have been 2012 i don't know i can't remember but because i want to say the last like 20 minutes of ung back two it's just a big long fight and it's awesome. It's totally awesome. But it was just, it was weird pacing. It was like, it was kind of like, it was just this kid whose village is attacked by this warlord. His parents are killed. I think he was meant for royalty. He's trained by certain people. He grows up to realize the guy that trained him was the guy that killed his parents. Cause he couldn't see because it was all like, he was wearing a mask and was at a distance and this and that. And the guy has all this guilt about it. And then they all come for him at the very end. He fights him off for a while. And it's a really awesome scene. But he just, he gets caught and it just ends. And then I want to say there's like a crow guy, like someone with, like it was like a crow with powers. that could fly or some shit. And then the, I never finished the third one. I got like, you know, like 20 minutes into it. Like I'll finish it later. And then it was off Netflix. So, yeah, so it's like those days where it's like, you know, you you, st- you start a movie, but then you kind of realize, you know, I'm not really in the mood for this right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know I remember there's like a weird alligator-looking guy in it. I remember that. Huh. Yeah. It'd be interesting to sit down and watch two and three again, but um, but yeah, it's like, yeah, the, not, not the same as the first one. Another thing that's kind of weird is that I know that uh, Luke Besson also changed the soundtrack on this one, too. So apparently the original one has, like, some kind of, like, Thai rock soundtrack. So I don't know if that means it's got, like, some type of, like, heavy metal guitar for the fight scenes instead of kind of, like, these... I don't know what it is. Like, like cause kind of music always found, sounds, like, kind of in Ongback, kind of, like, traditional with like maybe, like, slight kind of, like, hip-hop kind of DJ mixing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, take I always tr- thought, I always tr- thought hip-hop... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Well, as I say, it kind of has, like, that, like... It sounds like true, like I don't know what I'd assume traditional, you know, Thai music would be, but then you kind of mix in like some kind of like beats and stuff with it. Well, I always thought hip hop worked pretty well with kung fu and martial art movies, but um, I always feel like it's always a producer's idea, unless you're the RZA making a movie. Which did you see the uh, RZA promotional ads on the DVD? No, I didn't watch those ones actually. Or I might have saw them back in the day, but I should have watched them again if that was the case. So it opens up with Riza. He's like in a Wu Tang jersey, just going through this like iron chain link fence, just pulling it aside. And there's some like you know, there's some dudes. There's a bunch of dudes like just trying to like almost. It looks like they're just like play boxing in the middle with everybody else like bouncing like around him, like betting like, oh man, go ahead, go him, go. 
you know, and then like like uh, Rizzo turns out like, yo, it's your boy Rizzo here to tell you about the most baddest, most bone crackiest martial arts movie ever, Ong Bak. And they show like just all these scenes from Ong Bak. And every time it's a moment where like Tony's like breaking someone's ankle or like doing like an elbow to the to the side of the neck or something, it shows everybody just do the reaction. Oh damn! Oh what? <laughs> like, Ong Bak, come to the theaters, bro. Oh, that's awesome! I, I gotta check that out. Is that's all? That's amazing. Rizzo always seems like he always feels like the guy who's like the gateway for like martial arts movies to people. Like he's kind of like the leader of all that kind of stuff. You know? Oh, I, yeah, I feel like he's always he always produced a lot of that. I mean, I really like the. I mean, not just because of uh, not just because of him, but I like Afro Samurai. I love the soundtrack he did for that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another great one. No, it's like it was once. I think that like the like the. Hip hop and all that stuff. I think that works well with martial arts because it's got kind of like that same kind of like movement powers and almost kind of works well. But I, I would like to see what that original score is of like the Thai rock group, whatever the heck that is, because that just sounds interesting in itself. And they had like I you could, I think another thing is Luke Besson because I don't think he was just keeping. I don't think he was having America mostly in mind. I think maybe he was having Europe in mind for this because he has a French hip hop band do a hip hop band hip hop group doing the closing song oh yeah at first when i was listening to that song again i was like is this one of these songs where it explains the whole movie like in a rap beat i'm like oh well no not really it's actually maybe might no because it's talking about la oh, okay. <laughs> so i'm like well maybe it's talking about that one for the early draft we had before we went to texas on our american one <laughs> somewhere in there yeah because that, that'd be amazing if it was just like because that movie because like technically like long back ends kind of like on a very like positive like yes you know almost you could say like religious note like we got back the head we have the you know the whole village is having a parade everything is green once again life is fantastic and then just having like that yo it's tony he lost the head he's got to go to bangkok <laughs> <laughs> treat the head of the ong back where you at the ong back <laughs> yeah just <laughs> that that's a, that was if rizza did it because if rizza i mean you know he'll do like a lot of soundtrack movie soundtracks but every once in a while, not all the time, but every once in a while, he'll do the thing where it just spells out entirely what the movie you just watched was. He did that with Kill Bill, the old Ren Inishi song. He did that with, because there's that there's a song they did in Pacific Rim, which is mostly this lady singing. That all of a sudden Rizza cuts in like, "Yo, God is destroying the world. Two minds must come together." Like, all right, all right. I don't know what it is. I, I love those ones where they spell out the movie for you at the end. Like, just like, it's like the recap of what you just saw in a rap song. Did you ever see, um, have you ever seen, um, you know that, uh, I don't think they do things anymore, but they're pretty funny. Um, that Canadian sketch group picnic face. Yeah. They did one where they, it was just titled ending credits of saving private Ryan. I was like, okay, I gotta know what this is. So you just click on it, and it's the part where old Matt Damon is on his knees crying, and he stands up, he salutes Tom Hanks' grave, and then it cuts the American flag waving. Then it goes to credits, and then it has like this very like 90s hip-hop beat, like, yo! And it's just this one of the songs where it's just like, like, Private Ryan's a name, saving him's the game! And they just go into all credits. It's just them, like, basically... <laughs> doing this whole like 90s style hip-hop song explaining the story and then somewhere in there they know cuts bring me this riot now <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> i wish they had that like just like i wonder if they there's a version of that just for any movie 
<laughs> you, you know, yeah, I mean, it almost could be. It works best for, like, the, the more, like, dramatic a movie is, I think it's even better. Schindler's List would be a hard one to pull off, I think. I, I think it's I think that'd be even... I think it's pretty possible. <laughs> but, um, yeah. No, I'm back is one of those films, though, I will have to say, going back to that one. It's like, if there is, like... As well as once, if you had to recommend, like, five martial arts movies to somebody who wanted to get into, like, you know, any kind of kung fu type stuff, like, this one I think would be definitely, like, a good gateway. Well, shit, I'd even say this would be, like, top three, because I feel like if you gave somebody, like, three movies and this was one of them, and if they're like, you know, I'm not interested in it, be like, well, you're probably not going to be interested in anything else then. <laughs> Let, let's just stop right here. If, if, if you don't like Ogback, then you probably won't like any more martial arts films. I'll say this, and I mean no disrespect, um... If I was trying to talk someone into martial arts movies who does not like martial arts movies, I'd probably recommend this movie before any Bruce Lee movie. And that's not saying Bruce Lee movies are bad. I just think this movie moves a lot faster, it's a little bit more fluid, and it's easier for someone who's not into martial arts to get into. Where Bruce Lee movie, they're all great and they're all fun to watch. Um, Maybe Game of Death is a little hard since it's kind of this thing they Frankenstein together. But... It's one of these things where I think it's a little hard. I think that's so so dated for some people. There'll, there'll be a little bit of that barrier. Where this well, one, as I say, you, I think now, now you right have balance. two things going against them with the Bruce Lee movie. It's not only that it's a martial arts movie; it's also that it's an old movie. Yeah, so I think there'd be a little because chances are, if they can't handle martial arts, they probably can't handle like why do they talk so weird? You know, yeah, so or, why do they sound weird? Why 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 is the camera so stiff? You know, so why are they wearing bell bottoms? Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, Why does everybody have the same haircut? Yeah. Now, so I feel like that this movie is definitely somewhere in my top, like, three, like, five, like, three favorite martial arts movies, probably. I know I was making joke, making some jokes about it, but even with those jokes, this movie's still fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. No, I, I totally agree, too. I'd say at least top, yeah, for sure top five. I'm not going to say at least. For sure top five, you know. Kind of hard to like, kind of narrow it down. I've always kind of wondered like what my favorite ones are. It's like you know between like this, Drunken Master. I do like uh, it's for like Jet Li. It's like I don't know, Kiss of the Dragons always one, but I think that one's kind of special to me because that was sort of like the first radar movie ever I saw in theaters. I think. So Kiss the Dra- I don't know if Kiss of the Dragons top, but Kiss of the Dragons really fun. Yeah, like like I like that one. Like that's what I mean. It's like it's probably not. Is really that you like- said Kiss of the Dragon or something else? Yeah, Kiss of the Dragon. It's probably yeah. not like like the the greatest one but i think there's just that like that moment like i remember going like oh shit we're going to go see a radar movie in theaters kiss the dragon i'm not sure if i'd call would you call huh maybe kill bill i could could throw them both together as one i think i could throw that i mean i don't know would you call that because that's kind of a that's kind of almost yeah that one's kind of almost mismatch i'm not saying you couldn't have it as part of like martial arts it definitely is in there i don't know if i'd consider it full martial arts that'd be kind of like like calling a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, yeah, there's some guys throwing punches. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, you know, it's definitely got like, well, it's got like the elements of it all, but like, well, yeah, grand in the grand scheme of things, I think Jet Li's Fearless is definitely up there for me. Yeah, that's another good one too. There's so there's so many good ones. That one, just even the fighting, just like you know. There's a period where it slows down for a while, but you really do care about the the story for that dude and what he's going through. And then there's also just the action. The action that movie's fucking amazing. No, yeah, that that, that one definitely. Well, that's because that was gonna be his last movie until he realized the money wasn't coming in still or something. Yeah. It says, oh yeah, what's Jet get punched paid for? Punching. 
<laughs> yeah, shit, I'm not Jackie Chan. I can't have a fucking singing career, too. All right, that was my year-long break. I'm back. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, good times to be had. Uh, check this movie out. We'll put a little link into the show notes there for you if you want to grab yourself some hung back. And then uh, go to oldmanoise.com for more podcasts, cartoons, comic books like Pizza Boys, uh, the animations, and all that fun stuff. Till then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. Oh, see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks again for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Sure, check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, animation, and a whole lot more. We also have the Old Man Orange blog going with all kinds of fun stuff. If you easily want to support the show, use one of our Amazon links either on the website or in the description of the podcast below. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show either on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Newgrounds, or anywhere else that you seem to get this podcast from. Grab the sitcom-styled comic book Pizza Boys on either Comic Central, Comixology, or Amazon. Want more podcasts? Check out the Indie Comics Club over at Comic Central. I also got a workout website called Thor's Hidden Gym. Filled with fitness tips and tricks, videos, and a whole lot more fun stuff in the calisthenics world. Talk to us on Twitter, at Spencer S. Holmes and Dunnigan Ryan. Like our Facebook pages of Old Man Orange Productions and Pizza Boys Comic. Thanks again. We're out of here.